because Christ lives in us, the Christian life is not a matter of trying to behave like Him, but it's allowing Him to live it in us and through us. You know, we've heard a lot of times more of Him and less of me. And I thought about that today. You know, I think we should say all of Him and none of me. Hey everybody, Miss Susan here again, back with this week's podcast from God's Word. And I'm thankful uh, that you're taking time to spend with me. And I hope that I can be a blessing to you going through His Word. I'm really excited about this week's podcast. It Actually, it came out of a prayer journal that I was using, and the, the Scripture just grabbed a hold of me, and I just couldn't let it go out of Psalms 46.10. So let's just settle in and enjoy His Word together today. In Psalm 46.10, The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Now, there's been many songs and poems and sermons preached about these words. But you know me, I've got to get to that fateful 1828 dictionary and look up what the word still means. And in the dictionary, it says it means to stop, to restrain, silent, motionless. So this is what we're going to be speaking on today, being still. So let, in other words, that means let go of the struggling, trying to strive. Give up trying to be godly in your own strength. When there's a lot of noise, usually God isn't working. Be quiet, be still. Do you remember back in the Old Testament, the prophets of Baal? They didn't have God, so they created a bunch of noise. Kind of meaning the flesh was really working instead of the spirit. I really liked this quote that I found. It said, the deepest work done of God is that which is done in the hidden inner man of the heart. You know, in Psalm 74, 3 and following, we read these verses. It looked like these people were coming into the temple, and they were coming in to do good. That's what it appeared. But actually, they were destroying the temple. Now, I want you to remember these two words, the temple, because we're going to be coming back to that. Be still is a quiet place where we experience God and God alone. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. That's God in alone time. How can we be still among the voices and the noise all around us? I guess what I mean is like through the noise of the news, the music that's playing, the activities, the work, all that's going on. But in Isaiah thirty fifteen, it says, In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Letting go of human effort and only having confidence in what God can do 
through Him, through us, I mean, letting go of human effort and only having confidence in what God can do through us. In His strength alone, we become an empty vessel in the Father's hands. You know, He offered them rest and strength to serve Him, but they chose to do it in their own energy. Look in verse 15 of that same chapter, Isaiah 30. At the end of the verse, it says this, And ye would not. Isn't that sad words? I mean, that is so sad that that they would not do what he said to do to get that confidence, of, to be able to serve him in, in confidence because he gives us that. God said in verses 16 and 17, I'll let you run as hard as you want to in your strength, and I'll let you go with all your might until you have no more strength to go. And then I'll be there waiting. And in his words, he says, and therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious unto us. Wow. (laughs) Waiting for us to get to where he is. And he'll be there at the top of that mountain with all his mercy, just ready to give to us. What a beautiful picture of his loving mercy. You know, I absolutely stand amazed at his love and his mercy toward his children. You know, we sometimes get ourselves going like a termite in a yo-yo. I know I do. And I know I definitely did when I was in full-time ministry. I'd find myself just running as hard as I could in the energy of the flesh. But, you know, that's not how he wants us to live. So the big question here today is, how do I learn to give up the self-life? Well, by realizing, first of all, that God is God and that God can be trusted. You know why? Because he can't lie. And what he says he'll do, every word in the Bible is true. And we claim these promises if we choose to trust him and believe. So number one, give up trying to work it all out in your own strength. That's like saying, okay, God, here's the situation. Please fix it. Amen. And you're just happy and you're just praising him and waiting. And and in this time span you've got, you think, well, he should have already fixed that. And he didn't yet. So instead of bowing with heart and bowing your hands, quietly waiting, being still in quietness and in confidence that he's working, you go into what I call fix-it mode. And that's flesh flesh working, I mean. (laughs) I guess it's flesh walking too. I I have a three-point outline. I think I've said it in the past, but I'll say it again right now. I lived a three-point outline, fear, fret, and fix it. I'd start getting afraid. Then I'd start worrying, and then I'd go into fix-it mode. Get out of my way. All right, the Lord, you know, I I gave you all this amount of time, and, and you didn't do it in the time that I thought you should, so let me go ahead and fix it for you. You talk about getting in some messes. 
I did. <laughs> and sometimes mothers have a way of uh, wanting to fix everybody's problems. I don't know, but we just want everything to be okay. So we just want to fix it. <laughs> when in truth, we should just take it to Jesus, leave it with him, and wait quietly. Well, I want to go back to that temple. It was designed by God Almighty. Every inch of it was given to David how to build, which he gave to his son Solomon. Well, God, up to this point, had never had a temple. So this was being built for God. And that's why it's so precious that later he chose his temple to be you and me. He now dwells in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let that sink in. Well, that takes a little while to think on that, doesn't it? He chose us to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we become a child of God at salvation, we saw ourselves lost. We realized we could not save ourselves. So we, in childlike faith, trusted the Savior. We ask His forgiveness of our sins, and we ask Him to come into our hearts and save us. And if we believed it with all of our heart, He did, and you're saved. The third person of the Trinity made His abode, which means dwelling is another word for abode. And He is now dwelling in you and me, living there. Everywhere we go, everything we do, we take him with us. Now, this got me very excited. So I started looking up some scriptures about the dwelling of God in me and in you. So I'm going to start with Romans 8 and verse 10. And if Christ be in you, meaning if you're saved, then that means he's in you. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 7 says, But if we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, this treasure is Jesus, and he's in us. I just love that. In Galatians 1, 16, it says, to reveal his son in me, not to me, he said, in me. God's plan is to reveal his son in us. In us is from within, and to us is from without. So in us, God reveals the wonderful, beautiful, glorious person of Jesus Christ, God's son. I just love that thought. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Paul didn't say, I live in a Christ-like way, or I glorify Christ through my behavior. Nope, he didn't say that. He said, Christ lives in me. 
because Christ lives in us, the Christian life is not a matter of trying to behave like Him, but it's allowing Him to live it in us and through us. You know, we've heard a lot of times more of Him and less of me. And I thought about that today. You know, I think we should say all of Him and none of me. Galatians 4.19 My little children, of whom I travail in birth, again, until Christ be formed in you. Christ came into us at salvation and desires to grow in us after salvation, day by day, as we feed our spirit man. For first and foremost, he's born in us, and then he becomes formed in us. I love that. The less of us, the more of him. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell, meaning live, in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. He's saying that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. You know, we're a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. Jesus is living in our spirit at salvation. From there, he wants to spread into the rest of our inward being, into our hearts. Our hearts is our mind, our will, and our emotions. The Lord don't want to just visit there. He wants to make, his, he wants to make our heart his home. He don't want to be a guest treated like a visitor. Okay, Lord, I'll let you in here for right now, but, you know, I really want to go do this. And I know that that's not something you would want me to do, but I want to do it in my flesh. Or I want to watch this, or I want to listen to that. No, he don't want to be a visitor. He wants to live there and feel free to move as he wills. 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, 10 through 12. I believe that's just shouting ground. (laughs) How powerful, personal, and precious His Word is. Make sure you take time to sit and just meditate on 2 Thessalonians 1, 10 through 12. Do you want to be a glory to God, a marvel to man, and a shame to Satan? I'd love to shame him. I have... I just, I don't even want to get on Satan. We're going to stay on Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit and and all that. But sure, I want to, I just don't want to have nothing to do with him. I don't want to bring him any glory in my life. (laughs) But there's three steps I want to give you. Number one, if you want to be this and you want to live this way, then first know you're saved. Know that you know. Second of all, allow Christ to grow in you. To grow so much that over time he takes over residence of your whole being. Body, soul, and spirit. And if we do these three steps, 
we will gain a solid understanding of the precious truth that Jesus lives within us, that he truly does live within us. And we can, with total confidence, be able to answer Paul when he asks, Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you? What a question. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you get saved, you are now in Christ. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And then when you begin growing in grace, because He lives inside our hearts. As we be still and know, then our God is working within us. Isn't that great? Where we were once a slave, he makes us free. Free from being weary of trying and failing like a roller coaster ride. I've been on it, I know, and it's not fun. Don't allow your still, quiet confidence to be taken by the enemy. Don't live in a life of fear and fret. He set us free from that. This is a supernatural life I'm talking to you about today. It's the opposite of a natural life. We cannot make ourselves holy. I learned this years ago through a book that I was given called They Found the Secret. It's a very old book, and it's the testimony of old saints that's gone on to heaven. Hudson Taylor was one of them. And he called his life the exchange life. And it come through yielding all to Christ. And oh, he sounded like he was one of those Christians that was just up and down and all around until he finally yielded his all to Christ. Choose to live the Christ-filled life, not the religious life. I'm not talking about religion. And, and I hope you understand what I'm saying when I say this. Sometimes religious people can be the meanest people. I promise you, I've heard this, and this is not in my notes, but I'm going to just take a minute, put my finger right there, and I'm going to tell you something. Church gets a bad rap sometimes because there's a lot of religious people sitting in the pews. They're critical, they're judgmental, and they're very hurtful. And it causes people to not ever go back to church. And that breaks my heart because, you know, I don't go to church for people. I go to church for me. I need the fellowship. I need the preaching. I need the singing. I just need to be uplifted in the spirit. But I'm not talking to you about being a super religious person. Today, I'm talking to you about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ to where he is your friend the dearest friend you've ever had. He's that brother that's, he's, he's that big brother, the one that sticketh closer than any brother you've ever had. He's God, the Father, that takes care of every need. This is the personal relationship I'm talking about with him. Where you're so full of him that you flow liquid love to all you come in contact with. His fruit, it will grow in you. The fruit of the Spirit, 
all that Galatians 5, I believe, is. The love, the joy, the peace, and all. There's nine of them. You will find that you're living a life where Christ is all in all. He's your everything. And you can have this. It is attainable to you. Even you that are sitting here listening to me today, so defeated, so depressed, so just in such a dark place. Yes, this can happen to you. And then you'll be living a life of joy and peace and contentment, even in your darkest dungeons. Paul did in his dungeon. He was so content there. (laughs) He learned in whatsoever state to be content because he had given it all to God and God was just living through him. You know, I was thinking, how do I end this? There's a song that my kids used to love to sing. We, We listened to Patch the Pirate a lot when I was raising the girls and had the children's home. And the name of the song is Little by Little. And it and this is the I think the chorus it says little by little inch by inch by the yard it's hard by the inch what a cinch never stare up the stairs just step up the steps little by little inch by inch So don't think oh this is just too big for me Yeah if if you're in a very dark depressed state it is I'm saying, in his grace, one step at a time, little by little, inch by inch. Just say these words. I'm done trying to fix my life. Trying to live this life in my own strength. Knowing that I'm trusting a God who will not forsake me or fail me. Realize that in your, that realize that this is your first step to absolute surrender. There's a big difference between good intention people and spirit led people. Remember, I was talking about religion earlier. Religion can never do what God can do in us, ever. (laughs) Let me say that one more time. Religion cannot do what God can do in us, ever. We are now living in very perilous days. So we're the Bible that people read when we claim to be his child. So be careful claiming to be a Christian if you're living in sin. And not ashamed of it. Because they're looking at you. And you're supposed to be like Christ. No one can take the living God outside of his temple. He chose us to be where he dwells. We're saved and we're sealed until the day of redemption. We're seeing days like we've never seen. Troubled times are all around us. And more than ever, we need to be growing in grace 
1 Peter 3, 14 and 15. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Hmm. That sounds a little different than how we feel when we start suffering. He says we're happy about it. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Look around you. Look at all the fear. There's so many people afraid of so many things. But in the child of God, he gives us confidence within our hearts when we've learned to trust him and let him be the Lord of our lives. When others are full of fear and they see us full of peace and they see us being still, then they'll come to us and they'll ask us, what is the reason of the hope that's in you? It's that quiet confidence. So we're now in those days, those dark days, and people are going to ask you. They may come up to you and say, you know, in the midst of this world's calamity that we're living in, can you give me a reason for the hope that's in you? And we must learn to be still and know that He is God. And they will see that. And that will, that will draw them to Jesus Christ. Simply bow and say to God, I'm just so done trying to do this life in my own strength. I'm ready to let you be God of my whole life. Let my life be a testimony of the reality of you, Lord. Now live by his word, his precious promises in quiet confidence. And shine and sing and soar and smile for Jesus. That will create you as one of the very small remnants. Well, thanks for coming uh, and listening again this week. If you have a song request or a prayer request, please let me know. And visit the website, victoriousvalleyministries.com, if you get time. And I want to thank you again for listening, for sharing the videos and the podcast. I just want to say thank you, and I thank God for this opportunity. I love y'all. Have a great week.